This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. My healing is about releasing, evolving, and integrating. It's about engaging, overcoming, recovering, and repairing. It's seeing the possibilities in every grain of sand as ocean waves bring coolness to my feet. My healing means putting the right label on what I'm feeling. It's unwinding what is inside of me so that I can forgive myself and making amends so that I can forgive others. It lives in letting go. It lives in letting go. It lives in letting go. Part of My Healing is Poem by Geraldine Black. Valeria interviews Geraldine Black. Born and raised in El Paso, Texas, Geraldine Black is a licensed clinical social worker, psychotherapist, and author Currently residing in Washington, D.C., Geraldine fundamentally believes that every one of us are healers and alchemists, as we each have the power to heal ourselves and transform our own painful and traumatic experiences into rays of light. Geraldine loves all things pop culture, is at peace during walks in nature, and finds joy in a good, healthy laugh. Meet Geraldine at GeraldineBlack.com. Here's the interview with Gerilyn Black. In your own words, who is Gerilyn Black? Uh, in my own words, I'm, I'm an Aquarius. So I'm a little bit country, a little bit um, rock and roll. Uh, according to my mother, I've never met a stranger, even as a child. I've always loved talking to people. Uh, I love I love to laugh, and I love to hold space for laughter. Uh, although I believe that tears hold equal importance to the giggles, um, so I, I do my best to hold space for the grief and sadness too. Uh, I believe each and every one of us are healers. Uh, I believe we each have an innate capacity to heal, and. We can each heal our own minds, bodies, and spirits. And I believe once we've accessed our healing, we open doors for others to access their healing too. And this is why healing is so powerful in community. Uh, And that's why community, healthy community, is so important. I love everything you say, the way you say it too. (laughs) It sounds poetic in a way. It's almost like um, listening to a song. Truly beautiful. I love your wisdom already, Geraldine, although I have read your book, so that's kind of biased now. <laughs> but yeah, it's truly beautiful. Thank you for what you do and how you do it. We do need the, more of this in, in this reality. Mm-hmm. So my next open question is about authenticity. How do you define authenticity? I define authenticity as the way we are able to show up from moment to moment, where we're able to feel that we are showing up in the way that feels the best to us. I'm not one who puts a label on what it means to be authentic. I believe authenticity is a moment to moment thing. Some days we might want to hide or we might be angry or frustrated or we might be really, really happy, right? I feel that it's really important that we're able to embrace wherever we are in any given moment and to accept and notice what's there. I don't believe being authentic is necessarily about always being happy or always being our best. Sometimes being authentic might mean that we aren't necessarily showing up the way that we think others want us to show up, but it's about showing up in a way that 
helps us to, or that showing up in a way that we're able to in any moment. I love that too. What a beautiful open answer. Yeah, showing up, being here now as we feel we are able to. It's almost like um, showing up to our own truth, isn't it? Just being truthful so we are not afraid of hiding anything. And sometimes it's okay to hide and to show others that we need to be quiet and in a way for a while. Yes, beautifully said. I love your answer. It sounds spiritual to me. Do you have any spiritual visions, belief systems, practices? Yes, absolutely. I absolutely do. Um, Prayer is very important in my life. Prayer, I believe in a higher power. I believe in a creator. And I also honor my ancestors and where I come from. And my ancestral practices are incredibly important to me and a part of my everyday life. Uh, It's, you know, my spirituality, it is also what connects me to other people. As I know we'll get to it later, but in the in the book, there's a section on spirituality. And I feel that we are all connected through our faith, even if we don't necessarily have a quote unquote faith. And so my spirituality is also my humanness. It is the way I, I approach the world, the way I approach nature, the way I approach um, other people. So yeah, I'm very I'm very much a spiritual being. I mean, I believe we all are spiritual beings. Having human experiences is the saying goes, and um, I'm definitely no different. When I think about authenticity, healing, I do kind of put them together. Healing, authenticity, and spirituality. It's one. Or everything is one. We are all walking in that direction of realizing who we are. Absolutely. And we don't necessarily know why we're here, right? And so even though um, that's something that I've wrestled with is where I feel like I'm on this spiritual journey that maybe others aren't on and I i realized, oh, you know, we're all on our spiritual journeys. We're just in different places or the reason I came, it might be different. You know, the reason I incarnated came was, you know, decided for this body, this life might be different from another person's experience. And so, you know, they're having also a very spiritual experience, even though to me, it may not, it may not seem that way. I do wonder that too, like I used to, and I still do sometimes when it comes to reincarnation, coming back here in the human body, why is this? And then I have, I study, I have done a lot of uh, reading and studies on Advaita Vedanta, which is uh, Hinduism, it's a Hindu philosophy, religion, that they go really deep into um, karma. And it's probably because we didn't understand these principles, our essence in different lifetimes, and then we come back here to continue the journey, per se. Do you have some of those understandings too, Geraldine? Does it resonate with you somehow? Oh, yes, that absolutely does resonate with me. And I believe, you know, a big takeaway in in my journey, I'm also a, a psychotherapist, and living in this journey is we are all here to help each other to heal. Right. Even even when we think about healing in community, even if it's a community of one other person, you know, or if it's a community of, you know, being in a community of nature and trees or a community of the animals, we experience our healing in community. So I believe we have we're here, you know, we decide to come here, whatever whatever mechanism that is and how we (laughs) incarnate that, you know, we are here to to heal something. And to help others to, like, like I said, I believe we are the example. We are the, we are the ones who say we are, you know, the wounded healer, you know, like we are the ones who our responsibility is to heal ourselves. And then it is to open the door for others to heal each other. And I think that, you know, if it's that we reincarnate together, we have soul groups or we knew each other in past lives and decided to come, I believe whatever reason that is, you know, that we're here now and we're doing this work together, whether we know it or not, <laughs> which, which can seem kind of like, oh, you know, okay, what do you, what do you mean whether we know it or not? But it is, it's true. And, you know, we all impact each other, even, even in the, you know, ancestral realms, even in the different realms that exist, we are all in this together, no matter what's happening. Yeah. And speaking of healing, I read somewhere in the book, in your biography, I'm not sure, you connect letting go to healing. So I would love to hear from you a bit more about this idea of what healing is and the connection between letting go and healing. 
Yes, well, in, in the, so I, I'll give a little bit of background about, you know, wh- what you're reading in the book. And I had interviewed 25 women. Um, and that was something that this was given to me to do by my ancestors to write this book. And, and so I interviewed women. And so I wrote the poems and the essays based on them and based on, you know, and was inspired by them in so many ways. So when I say living is letting go, that was a theme in the women who I interviewed. And living is uh, healing and letting go is, is not necessarily just dropping something where it is. I think I, I spoke with someone in the past who was like, wouldn't it be easy if we could just let loose the handle to all of our bags? And I'm like, we can't because it's tied to us, right? And when we're able to untie that baggage and to, to tie, untie all the knots and all the difficulties, then letting go and meaning that we're not disregarding our past experiences. We're not necessarily retelling ourselves a narrative that our past experiences, especially if they're hurtful, are, are making us who we are today, but it's to be able to say, I've been through it, it's happened, and I can still live my life and live in my most authentic self in this moment. So when when that was what I heard from the participants is that healing lives and letting go. It's not ruminating over the past, even though we all do it. Right. I would love to say we don't, True. but I would say we all do it. Um, True. It's not necessarily uh-huh. about ruminating over the past mm. or about um, holding on to a feeling that's from a memory of the past. It's about being able to let go and walk and what feels the most most truthful for us. So that's that's what I took away from that. Um, healing lives and letting go. Another question I have for you is about healing and destination. Can we say one day that we are healed? What is your view on that, Geraldine? Healing and destination. You know, I'll, I'll recount a short story. Uh, years ago, I was working with a friend who is a healer. Years ago, and I went to her, and she was telling me these things that I had to work on. And I said, but I've already worked on them. Why? Why are you telling me that I have to work on them again? And she said to me, oh, you did. You did work on them at that level. Now you have to go to the next level. My mind was blown. There's another level to this? I'm not done? And so I would say that about healing, that it's not a destination. It is a process that we're going through each and every day. We're not static beings. We're not rocks. We're, We're changing constantly. And because of that, healing is... You know, the thing that we might have known about ourselves 10 years ago is different than it is today. And so we it's required that we heal at a very different level. So I would say healing, healing, healing is about levels. It's about growing always. It's about learning, learning about ourselves and being open to what's to what's here within us and around us. Question that comes to me is about the signs. Like, how do we know that we have healed at that level, what are some of the signs that we are healed enough, per se, to be happy, to be peaceful, to laugh more? <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear a little bit more about that. I think being able to laugh more is, is, <laughs> the, is important. Yeah. And, you know, I would say from my own experience and in my experience in working with others, that I've noticed that within myself and others that I've experienced healing when something doesn't bother me the way it used to, or when I'm not reaching for something that to me was negative in the past, uh, where I am able to make different moves. I'm not in a stuck place. So I'm able to like actually do the things that I've said I wanted to do and not necessarily just think about them. And that is, I think, similar to what I've experienced in the women that I work with across the board, that they're able to say, huh, the thing that I did yesterday, I'm not doing today. Or the thing I really wanted to do, I did it this morning and it felt great. And I, I'm going to do it tomorrow and I'm going to do it the day after that. And then they, they actually do it. And that for me is is what, what healing is, is being able to see our own growth and see our own changes, knowing that we left behind an older, an old, older behavior. I won't say an older version of ourselves, but old old behaviors, old ways of thinking, old ways of feeling that are not consistent with who we are anymore. When we can see that and know that and feel that, I would say that's when we are at that level mm-hmm. of healing. So the more we heal, the more we become open to see the truth, more aware of what the truth is. It's just such a beautiful journey, isn't it, to be here? It really is. I mean, 
I always hope to remember that whenever I'm like in a space of frustration or impatience because I am human. But at the end of the day, I, I wholeheartedly believe you, I, I agree with you that it is a beautiful journey that we are on. I can see that now. You're right. But then, yeah, there are some moments that it's really clouded, you know, this vision of beauty. I almost want to pause for a moment. <laughs> I don't want to think about the, the things that cloud the beauty of life, but yeah, they are. I would say ignorance is one of the things. It really, it gets me to, not to be angry or anything like that, but sad. Yeah. Sadness really arises when I see ignorance, which has to do with um, not seeing clearly, not knowing. So it's the lack of knowledge. And, and to me, it's really about spiritual knowledge. So we see that everywhere. Even within my family, I see that at times. And wow, it's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, I, I I would love to think on some level that I have, like, I am still working on myself. You know, I'm still at the different levels of healing. And I believe, yes, like, there are times when the, the light is on, like that, that aha, things are, things are open, you know, but I always go back to like what a, a friend of mine told me from something he had read that, you know, moments are like clouds, right? So sometimes things might feel cloudy because there might be a great cloud overhead and then it passes. And then there's a puppy cloud and then it passes. And the, the, what I have to remind myself is that is, am I grounded? Am I in my state of being? Um, because sometimes my ego will get the better of me. I'll get really impatient. I'll get like, you know, certain things happen. Um, and that for me is part of my human experience. And so, you know, I agree. It's like sometimes you don't want to focus on the cloudiness, but I also believe our humanness is also where the healing takes place because we can see that it is not a destination healing. It is a journey because we are very much human, um, you know, working with other humans and other entities in this life. Yeah, so true. And like you said before, we are all on this journey of healing. Knowing or not, we are all doing that. We are all on our own path. Yeah. So it's beautiful to see it seems like it's, it really takes being open and spacious enough to let those clouds, as you mentioned, I love that, to just pass through and just know that's just a cloud, it's just a moment. And life is made of moments, so that's the basic truth. Ah, so you wrote the book, I See Her. What was the main inspiration and intention of writing your book, Geraldine? I, I'm going to... To be quite honest, I had no intention of writing a book. <laughs> I was, I'd go walking in nature, walking in DC. There's a place called Rock Creek Park, Washington, DC, where I live. And I kept getting a message from my ancestors saying, interview women, interview women, interview women. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, what? I kept trying to give it to other people. And eventually I did. I interviewed 25 women. And then the next thing I said was, well, what am I supposed to do with this? And then the next message was, well, write, write their stories. And so I didn't want to write their stories. Those are their stories, but I've always loved writing poetry ever since I was a kid. And so the, the inspiration really came from this being something that my ancestors put in my spirit to do. And so I did it. Pardon me. <laughs> um, and so I did it. And I, I, yeah, so that's, that, that was the inspiration behind writing it. The book is beautifully written. I really, really love the stories. The poetry really caught my attention a lot. And I'll be going through some of them and asking you questions about. But before that, you dedicate the book um, to Molly. So talk to me about her. So Molly is um, my best friend from high school. And she passed away from cancer, from breast cancer, um, at the beginning of me writing this book um, and kind of throughout the process of when I had started it, uh, a very important woman in my life and someone who I think about every day. And so I wanted to honor her by dedicating the book to her. Yeah. You are a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist. Is that something that you chose on your own or were you influenced by people in your family, friends? Yeah, I chose it on my own and it was just something that felt the most natural. I was actually a business major when I was an undergrad and that just wasn't resonant for me. I always loved working with people and I, I ended up in a field of just working with 
young people and families, and I loved it. And it just felt like naturally, this is who I am. People talk to me all the people would talk before I became a therapist, people would come and talk to me all the mm-hmm. time around their issues. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought maybe it was time for me to really explore that as a career field. So that is, it's, it feels the, the most right for me. I love the way you say that natural. So it felt natural. Would you say that this has to do with the purpose of our lives or the healing path that we sometimes take? It feels natural. Absolutely. And this feels, it's, it's the most natural thing for me. Another question I have, that's already getting into the uh, still open question about storytelling and writing. What is about writing and storytelling that it's incredibly healing? It has been my experience writing my books and telling my stories. What is about writing that it's so healing? For me, writing is healing because it helps me to get all of my thoughts and feelings out and to create world with my words, to create a new way of expressing myself in a way that I can't always do in just speaking. I find writing, I've always found it really healing because of the things I've been able to create with words and of the things I've been able to express with words. I'll say too, for the women, like it's not just about writing, but their storytelling. And I don't want to just make it about the women. I think for many people who I work with, storytelling is so important because we go through life, many of us feeling unseen feeling like nobody acknowledges really who we are and to be able to have someone to sit and really want to listen to you and to absorb what you're saying and be curious about it and to be lovingly curious about it. There's power in that. There's healing in that to feel and to be heard, to feel and to be seen. So even if it's not just about writing, but storytelling in general, storytelling and allowing others to see glimpses into who we are to see into our windows of the soul, our windows of our soul, right, through our stories, is being able to then say, this is who I am, and this is me being vulnerable, and I'm sharing this with you, and I know that you're receiving it, and that is healing for me. And so, you know, above writing, uh, the writing was healing, but I also think the process in and of itself was also healing um, in the journey to writing, writing the book. What are some of the most powerful insights you gained, Geraldine, by writing this book? Do you recall? Oh, my goodness. So many. (laughs) So many. You know, the the theme of I I titled the book, I See Her, because that was a constant theme is feeling seen, Um, feeling seen and feeling seen in a way where we don't feel judged. We don't feel like, you know, and when we talk to others, oftentimes people want to show empathy and in showing that empathy, they might want to show that they understand by giving us their own examples or talking over us or, you know, responding versus understanding. And sometimes we just really need to be listened to and to be heard and to feel seen. And that was a big theme. And to be and to be seen in such a way that we can be our most authentic selves. Um, and I think another takeaway, I, I mentioned this already, that healing happens in community. Healing happens in community. That is so important. It also happens through creating. It happens in nature. And that it's dynamic. It's an ever-evolving process. Um, another thing that I took away that I just I found like was just so beautiful is that we are more alike than different, even in our differences. Right? Because there's there's so many diverse stories and diverse um, experiences in the book. Um, I, I go to the to the section that's around faith, and you know, to go from someone who is a self-described atheist to someone who's agnostic. And to someone who, you know, very much is Christian, and yet the, the thread that ties them all together is that they all believe in a higher power or all believe in something, whether that's nature or people or God. Like, that was beautiful. And, and the last thing that I'll say is that, you know, it was important that, for me, a takeaway is how do we all learn to become safe containers for each other? As a therapist, as a psychotherapist, that is what is said in the therapy room, that therapy is a container for what the person in front of you needs to release or needs to talk about, that you are a safe space for them. And I I always think about, well, of course, you know, we're not going to be doing like being a container doesn't mean that we're going to be working through challenging cases all the time. But what does it mean for us to be containers for each other? What does it mean for us to hold space for each other? that we are able to help other people to feel seen and heard and loved and cared about. 
Um, so those are just some of those takeaways that I felt this was, it was a beautiful journey writing it. I'm thankful to be given this opportunity and to be given this task, even though I resisted it. And I've learned so much from, from all that participated. I think yesterday, Chris Sarek, one of my guests, and he said that, that more often than not, our calling, our purpose in life will create resistance. We'll always resist to, to that calling when it's deep, especially when it's very profound. It makes sense, doesn't it, Geraldine? Yeah, I have done that myself. <laughs> I love the way you talk about spirituality. And that's, it is a theme in your book in that's titled In the Multidimensional and Prismatic Aspects of My Faith. So that was the theme that you talk a lot about, faith in God, and I mean, inspired by those women. And then there was one poem that you say, that you title, uh, Does He See Me? That is referring to God. And that's interesting how immediately I thought about the title of the book, I See Her, mm. and He Sees Me. It's almost like... Um, Hmm. One and the same. <laughs> uh, we seeing each other and God seeing us. We seeing one another through the eyes of God, which is in us, I believe. And with that in, in mind, actually, let me ask you another open question about the idea of God. What, where, and who is God to you? God, God, the creator, um, God, he, she, they, them. Um. Um, yeah. God is God is the creator of all things. God is um, God to me is it's a very personal experience, but God is also an or and and God is an all of us, and and you know we are we we are each hold the spark of the divine experience and the divine light that God has put in us, and so you know I think you know God you know God the creator you know the all the things I said you know God is is, you know, just, uh, it's hard to explain, like, God is everything, um, and our experience of it, and, and I may not just say God, um, I believe it's, I believe when I think of the creator, the higher power, it's the creator of the universe where we live, and all that we come from, and some people might agree or disagree, um, but I, for me, it's a very personal experience, my experience of God. Oh, yeah. I do have a question. I have too many questions. There was another one about, you talked earlier, and I read in your book, of course, about the uh, being guided by your ancestors. So I'm curious to know, how did that happen? How did you find your way to connecting or reconnecting with your ancestors? It's, oh, it's just been a part of you know who I am. And it's about listening there. For me, it's I'm not always the best listener when it comes to my ancestors. I can always be better, um, but you know, my it's when I hear a message, when I hear to do something, it is that connection. It is in this process, it was being in nature and and having that experience of knowing that they were with me and wanting me to do this for whatever reason. And so it's not anything I necessarily came to. It's just one of those things that again just feels natural for me, natural for knowing that people don't just pass on like that. It's not my belief necessarily that people just pass on and go to a heaven. Not that heaven doesn't exist, but maybe there's other opportunities for, you know, those who passed on to come and to bring us gifts and to bring us knowing and knowledge and to help us in our journeys where we're stuck or where we may not know something. And so, you know, this process in and of itself of writing this book was the ancestors giving me this gift to do. And, and I'm, thankful to them and to God, the creator, love for it. So in a way, our ancestors, they never went away. They're just here now and they can be accessed at any moment. In the same way we can access God or love. I do believe that, Geraldine, that everything mm -hmm. is here now. And the more present we are, the more connected we become with mm -hmm. that force, the natural force. I love that word, you keep saying that too, it just felt natural, it's natural, and it is natural, because we are spiritual beings, so anything that's coming from the invisible world is just very much natural, because that's who we are. Yes, and healing is natural, healing is a natural process, so. 
Absolutely. And I love the way you said that and you, you repeated about that we are all healers. We all have this ability to heal ourselves, body and minds. So true, especially if we are connected to the spirit, because then, I mean, the spirit has all the power anyway. I don't see any other power that compares to that. Yeah, but I will say in that we're all healers and something that I read in a book a long time ago from a shaman and this um, person who was, was working with the shaman and he said, oh, you want to be a healer? And the guy said, yes. And the shaman punched him. Oh. And now you're healed. Now you're a healer. <laughs> and that resonated for me, right? Because when we get a cut, the body, the body heals that cut. When we, when, you know, people go to therapy, they come and see someone like me because it's for me to activate or to be a catalyst for what's already in them. And that is their own ability to heal in their minds and their spirits. And so I believe we are given all that we need. Um, I mean, and I don't want to be oversimplistic because some people are living very rough lives and they don't always have what they need. But I believe that, you know, we, I'm, I don't want to just keep an, have healer be an exclusive thing to just me, right? Because, or when people say, hey, people say out in the world, well, I'm a healer. I'm a healer. Well, I want to be like, well, that person across the street is too. And that person sitting next to you is too. And that person, in fact, everybody in your family is one too, you know? And so because our responsibility is really healing ourselves. And so you know, that is, <laughs> that is my own personal belief when it comes to, to healing and that, you know, when other people see me doing the work or other people see me getting to these levels and realization, they might say, well, I want to feel like that too. What do I need to do in my own life, right? Or I want to do better or I'm inspired by or I want to learn this thing or I want to blank. And then it's okay. So then they are doing another level of healing themselves. So yeah, I, I always appreciate, I appreciated reading that as it really stuck with me in my own worldview. It's part of the natural world as we see in nature. We see the body doing that automatically, keeping us alive. It's just amazing. It almost seems like magic. I know it's not magic, but it's very magical. <laughs> I, w- I would say it's magic. You know, even how we come into being is magic. So yeah. I would agree. Right, Geraldine. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you agree with that. <laughs> the magic uh, part of it, of life, and it's so beautiful. So going back to the themes, let me ask you a few questions about some of them. Let's see the ones that caught my attention. The first one was in pain that made me. So mm-hmm. that was the theme. And then the question that came to me uh, immediately was how much of our evolution, how much of our healing, spiritual knowledge and wisdom comes from suffering? Is that possible to gain all those attributes or all those gifts without pain? I sometimes wonder. You know, that's such a great question. I mean, ideally, we would be like, no, you don't need to go through suffering. And maybe suffering for me isn't necessarily the word I know, you know, and we think of like Buddhism, you know, we think of like, <laughs> we think of like, uh, I believe it's samsara and Buddhism and, and what we have to go through um, to get to enlightenment, you know, but I, I, I don't think either any of us um, can go through life without experience some, some level of adverse experiences, you know, and, and, and therapy spaces and therapeutic spaces, there's a lot of talk around trauma. And I'm not one who necessarily, you know, wants to define trauma for any one person. Trauma for me is what lives in the body that impacts you in the here and now, right? So that can mean it's when you fell off your bike when you were five, or it can mean when somebody hurt you when you were 15. Um, But we all go and have experiences that are stored in our bodies, that are stored in our memory networks, um, that are stored in our spirits that impact us. And so then our job becomes to overcome them. And so I, I don't necessarily believe, I don't necessarily want to frame it in, in my own words as suffering, right? Because I think that, that it, it creates a binary for me about what suffering is. But I think it's just experiences, adverse experiences, um, you know, like, again, speaking in like more of like the therapeutic ways, but it's the adverse experiences that we all have, that we all go through, that it is, that is for us to overcome. And I think in overcoming is where we get the learning where we make the mistakes, where we get the learning, where we understand something new about ourselves and about the world, when we're able to really see it and know it and get through those experiences within ourselves. 
it's being open to pain, I noticed that really enriches and kind of renders us all this, this wisdom, I would call it, or clarity. I noticed that the more open I, I am to pain, a sense of feelings and emotions, not just physical, yeah, the more I become open to life. Yeah, and pain has a purpose. Pain alerts us, if we feel it in our body, is to alert us that something is not right, that something is not well, that something needs to be changed, right? And so pain, um, and whether it becomes a part of our memory networks, whether it becomes part of something that becomes part of who we are, is part of our, you know, our experiences, it is, again, alerting us physically, mentally, and emotionally that maybe we need to make a change or do something different or come to some, come to some feeling of, of acceptance of the discomfort. If it's a pain, that just can't go away. I'd like to mention The Pain That Made Me. It's a poem that you have written in a book that's truly beautiful. And there is um, a section there, a passage that reads, I thought I'd be swallowed by depression. Instead, I became more of who I am. That really caught my attention because it has been my experience <laughs> with depression too, specifically. The other theme that caught my attention, which um, has to do with my own experiences too, is in my everyday fight to be enough. And there you have a poem that's another powerful one that's titled The Unsettled Ruminations of My Mind. There's a section that reads, I've done everything the right way. I like to think I'm a good person. I have so much love to give. So why am I still alone? That's such a sad thing to reflect upon. And it's something that I have been practicing, have learned uh, long ago, and it's still a practice for some reason. So that feeling enough. Talk to me for a moment about that, Geraldine. What causes us to feel not to feel enough? Oh, talk about themes. This is also something that came up so, so much with the women is not feeling enough. And I would say that a big part of that was the way that the world inculcates us, the way that the world tells us who we have to be and why and how, whether that comes from the shape of our, of our bodies or the way our skin looks or the length and texture of our hair, right? And so we're, we're given these messages that say we have to meet these certain standards to be lovable. We have to meet these certain ideals for people to care about us. And when we don't, when we don't, and we see that that the world isn't, you know, that we're not getting what we want, then automatically we internalize it as something is wrong with us and not about the world. <laughs> something is wrong with us. We need to change. The world doesn't need to change. And what's, what's so interesting is that these are things that I see with many that I work with is that it's some things that we know. We might know that we're smart enough. We might know that we're beautiful enough. We might know that we are funny enough, all the enoughs. But what we don't have is the feeling of those things. We don't feel enough. And so that is, it is, it is so sad. What you said, sad, it is sad. And it is in many ways universal for many women that when you, if you were to ask them, they would probably all say, I don't feel like I'm enough. And I think how we work on that, how do we work on that? I, I believe what you said earlier around awareness. How do we bring awareness so we're not in a lived experience of not being enough? And how do we marry or how do we um, reconcile what we know with what we feel so that they're the same thing? I know I'm enough and I feel that I'm enough, right? That, that's, that, takes, that takes special kind of work and it's important work. But when we get there, it's almost like you can just hop out in the world and like hmm. be who you want to be. Yeah. And then that's so amazing. That's freedom, isn't it? Just the thought of it kind of inspires me to think about freedom, where now I know I'm not just enough, but I'm fulfilled. And I always go back to spirituality. I am divine. And and this to be here is just um, this amazing experience of being, of life itself. As I usually don't say that I have a life, I am life. So... When I think about that, it's just incredibly beautiful because it's not that I have a life, <laughs> it's that uh, I am being life right now mm. in a human body. Yeah, beautiful. 
Yeah, it's so it's so amazing, so true. Because women, yeah, we do have we do share that not be enoughness, <laughs> and I think it's changing now. Um, I hope it is. We are feeling more empowered within. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Another poem that caught my attention under that theme was I Am poem. And there's a a passage that says, whose truth is buried beneath the limited narrative expertly written on my behalf. That's the stories we tell ourselves, right? Generally, the limiting beliefs we have. So that's a powerful poem too. Would you like to make a comment about that one? Yeah, I mean, I that is, I think speaks to well that poem in specific specifically was about you know like um, racism and and whiteness and white supremacy and and how someone you know wants to be seen and more of who they are than their authentic selves, but you know society the world puts this idea of this is who you have to be even if you benefit from it. And I think that just goes to show it. And we're talking a lot about spirituality, but how sometimes the 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 things in the world will take us away from our most authentic and spiritual selves, from what we know to be true about ourselves. It'll prevent us from being able to be in our authentic moment, even if that authentic moment is wanting to hide. If the world is saying you can't hide, then it feels like it's an internal psychic conflict, right? And so that section, that entire section around being enough is in many ways what what the outside world has has given us, what they have nurtured us with, which has been in many ways toxic and the ways that we really need to fight it and to become who we are, to be, to, not just to become who we are, but to be who we are confidently in the world and know that we, we're, we're not going to be hurt because of it. We're not going to be rejected or denied because we are choosing to be our most authentic selves from moment to moment. I remember when I came to this country, I was about 18 years old and I, I went to college and I remember seeing a lot of separation. So I didn't understand why people were separated categories, almost color and culture, Spanish, African-Americans, and then you have the whites and then the Brazilians, they were separate too. I was blown away <laughs> because I had not experienced that in Brazil, although it's uh, it happens there too in a, at a different level. But it really, really made me think. At the time, I was not really thinking as deep as I think I'm thinking today. I, I didn't have the experience I have today. But I remember how much that impacted me and how sad it was to see that clearly. It was so clear. Like, how can this be? It's almost like... It doesn't make any sense. In what world are we? What is this? <laughs> it's almost being in a different planet. I was going to say it would be great, um, you know, what I mentioned earlier, that we are more alike than different, even in our differences. It would be really great if we could all get to that point of being okay with being different, mm, right? Yeah. And yeah. saying, like, here is my culture, what is your culture, and not necessarily trying to impose a specific idea of what it means to exist. Right. Or B, knowing that we can all be different, but that we have so much in common, too. And what comes to me is that fear. Those uh, thoughts, they are very much wired or mired in fear. Right, Geraldine? When I think about differences, we see this in nature. Nature is so different, so imperfect, imperfect at the same time because it is different. Everything is so incredibly beautiful because it's different. And we see that with humans, I don't see a difference between humans and nature. We are nature. So it's the mind. It's the way the mind interpreted all these, the themes of life or life itself. It's very fascinating to see how so many of us are driven by fear and not love. Yes. Because love unites and fear separates. So that's very clear mm. to me. Absolutely. We're almost at the end. I have so many other themes here. <laughs> I caught my attention. I love the theme of uh, in my joy, magic, strength, and possibilities. I mean, these words alone, they're so inspiring. And you have a poem, uh, Changing My Narrative, that has is the theme uh, similar to the, the theme that we saw earlier about, uh, that remember now we just talked about changing limiting beliefs. And that was based on then when story. Beautifully written, too. And then I love, of course, the one that's titled, I Love Myself Unapologetically. 
That's another beautiful one. My life's mission in three parts. I love that. My winding nature. And then, of course, the theme, which I think is the last one in the book, In My Healing. That's another beautiful one. And part of that poem, My Healing Is, that's um, part of the introduction of this episode, too. It's incredibly beautiful. I love the way you speak about wisdom and everything that has to do with this deep, deep understanding of life. The way you speak to me already sounds true. <laughs> so I would love to hear that poem. Uh, my healing is. Okay, well, here it goes. My healing is. My healing is messy, chaotic, and confusing. It's magnificent and full of sheer joy and playfulness. It's giving attention to my unsettled parts. My healing is reflecting, sitting, and unpacking while remembering nothing is insurmountable. It's the space where my emotions can feel instead of rationalize. It welcomes vulnerability. My healing is filling my days with what I look forward to and protecting my peace from the chatter of my mind. It's not letting my pain fundamentally affect who I am. It's really moving forward no matter how long it takes. It's really moving forward no matter how long it takes. It's really moving forward no matter how long it takes. My healing is about releasing, evolving, and integrating. It's about engaging, overcoming, recovering, and repairing. It's seeing the possibilities in every grain of sand as ocean waves bring coolness to my feet. My healing is screaming into a pillow after a long day to find my inner calm. It's being patient enough to change what I can without expecting to be made whole and allowing myself to love and be loved without hiding from my truth. My healing means putting the right label on what I'm feeling. It's unwinding what's inside of me so I can forgive myself and making amends so I can forgive others. It lives in letting go. It lives in letting go. It lives in letting go. My healing lies within the freedom of my expression. It's running, cooking, dancing, gardening, singing, and painting. It's collaging, sculpting, journaling, and talking it through. My healing is shifting my perspective and trusting my intuition. It's seeing the beauty of my scars left after cutting emotional cords and in knowing what I do and don't deserve and what is and isn't mine. It's creating my own path with the support of my community. It's creating my own path with the support of my community. It's creating my own path with the support of my community. My healing is being honest about who I am and holding myself accountable to my process. It's feeling my sadness and then going for a long walk to figure out next steps. It's about strengthening my heart so that she and my mind can work together in harmony. My healing is laying my burdens down before God and wrapping my arms around myself while saying, it's going to be okay. It's acknowledging that I'm human, have no regrets, and will learn from the past. My healing is in truth and reconciliation and no longer being tied down by the world's expectations of me. It's reframing old thoughts to set healthy boundaries. It's in my commune with nature as I greet each living thing. It's in my commune with nature as I greet each living thing. It's in my commune with nature as I greet each living thing. My healing is to be seen with inherent worth without judgment, shame, or guilt. It's granting myself permission to have self-confidence, self-empathy, and self-acceptance. It's in the hope that things will get better one day, even when life is hard. My healing is movement with light through grief and mourning. It's in the long inhales and exhales of breath. My healing is my divine right to dignity. Thank you so much for being you, Geraldine. It's truly, truly beautiful. I thank you for being open to life and letting this timeless wisdom just dance through you the way it does. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I love that poem. <laughs> oh, have you around me. <laughs> so it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> reminder. Truly beautiful. So before we say goodbye today, I have one more question and then a technical one. What three things you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? I wish everyone to have or experience love, love of self, community, other, love of love of God. 
I wish for everyone to have peace, peace of mind, peace of experiences. And I wish for everybody to have laughter, to find things to laugh about and to find joy in. I love the laugh piece too. <laughs> they all come together in a way once we have found love and we found peace and then laughter naturally arises, of course. And that is the work of healing, being open. Thank you so much again for what you do and sharing your wisdom and for helping yourself and others. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? So you can go to my website, which is www.gerilynblack.com. Uh, you can also find my book there if, you want to per- if anybody wants to purchase it. It's also on Amazon titled I See Her. Um, so, yes, that's where you can find me. Wonderful. I'll have those links on your podcast profile, the book link and the website link as well. Thank you again, Gerilyn. And we'll talk soon. Bye. For Thank now. you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Gerilyn Black and her work, please visit GerilynBlack.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.